1: Today's episode of the Chase Us Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponko Chicken. Ponko Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, There are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, There's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Chamblee. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponko is awesome and uh, they're like family, so um go check out Ponko if you have not already. It is the home of the award winning Japanese American chicken tender, just to brag on them a little bit more. They were Verizon Super Bowl Live top selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta Award winner, um, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponko is great and Ponko is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, Go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, It helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, You can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast will be there. So go do that today. Um, all right. I think that's everything. We can get into today's episode. Uncle Darren. Let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it all right welcome back to a sunday afternoon edition of the chasem's podcast the Barry lad all the way out in ireland is here Barry, good evening i believe your time how are you doing sir i'm not too bad you're right yeah it's uh it's uh,
0: 7 p.m my time Uh, i'm not doing too bad i'm not doing too bad all things considered it's a nice you know it's a very nice kind of Kind of summery evening here uh so i've been out for my uh my government approved walk within a certain distance
1: of my of my place so um uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good government uh, wait do you actually have like a certain amount of distance that you can walk during the yes
0: walkout? yeah um they have given us. Uh, so all all the while during the, the, the lockdown, there's been constant updates, which I which I do kind of appreciate as they as they monitor things. And we're in kind of we're still in our kind of most severe uh, state of lockdown. And basically, it's kind of like, um, you know, no essential trips, but you can leave your house to kind of get, you know, a daily exercise, which I'm trying to do. Um, but it has to be within two kilometers of where you live. Um, um. So uh you can you know you can go for a, I mean I'm lucky I live very very central in in Limerick that's the city in the in the south of Ireland that I live in uh, I live by the river and I got lots of nice scenery where I'm from so I can go for a walk and I can get my run in but um, I, you know, now the the instances of people being stopped by our by our police force and say, hey, what are you doing here? is is very very low, but um, they do have those rules in place. So you know, it's it's like not strictly enforced, like people getting arrested in the streets, but it's something I <laughs> I take heed of. So uh, yeah, I've been I've been stay I've been a good boy and stayed within my uh, my uh, my uh, radius of my apartment.
1: What is the coolest thing about Limerick that most people have no idea?
0: Oh, that is a really good question. Um, Let me see here. A really cool thing about... uh, Well, uh, Becky Lynch is from the Merc... Okay. Uh which which I think a lot of people don't know. I remember when when she was going in to the main event of WrestleMania, she got like a decent amount of, of local press, so much so that some people at work were asking me, like, hey, like who don't know wrestling, obviously, but they know I like wrestling, and they were like, hey, is is is, is like this. A big deal. I was like, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, it's 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 anyone main eventing WrestleMania is big, and she's the first woman to do it, and she's probably going to win, and all this other stuff. Um, so she, uh, uh you know, so she is, is from here. Now it's one of those things where I think she was born here, and I think she grew up here. Uh, you know, early in her life, but she's kind of been born and got uh, born, but she was uh, uh quickly moved to Dublin and, and and all this other stuff and traveled the world. So she's not like you know, I I don't know how often she talks about it, but she is from here. Uh, a couple of other celebrities we got uh ruth nega from preacher uh who's also like oscar nominated for like loving and stuff you know we got a decent uh, uh celebrity contingent here um, yeah so i think that's i think that's something that people uh, uh might not know i think it's a little bit more underrated than say you know dublin for example
1: where's the coolest place to go in limerick
0: Oh, probably there's a oh, a place I really really miss right now. Um, there is a place called the Lock Bar, which is kind of uh, so the biggest uh, river in Ireland goes through uh, Limerick. That's why it's one of the biggest kind of cities. Uh, uh in Ireland It's founded mm-hmm. on the uh, on this river, and there's a really cool place called the Lock Bar, and it's just right on. The, the 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 riverfront and it is when the when the, the weather is good it's often very 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 busy because it's a very notorious and popular place in, in the city and it's just a great place they've tons of outside uh, seating so you can just sit there in the sun with your drink by the riverside uh and there's a always a great mix of people there because they often have traditional Irish music so you get tourists in you get locals in you get all kinds of people in uh and God, I miss it a lot because <laughs> the weather is starting to improve uh, and all our, all our pubs and bars are completely uh, shut down at the moment. But uh, it is really fantastic. If, if anyone's ever in the area visiting, uh, if you can come during the summer months, that is definitely a place to go and get a,
1: a, a real deal slice of the culture. I, I thought you were right to say a, a good pint. Just go full Seamus. Um, oh, no,
0: nope, yeah. absolutely. You, you totally can. I mean, it's it's a, uh, I mean, that is, as much of it as much as it is kind of a cliche, I mean, Irish people do take, like, uh, you know, pint pulling seriously. They do, you know, and, and I think Limerick in general is, is pretty good. Uh, the the bars are of a good quality. So if you do want to get Guinness, uh, the lock are, are of a good standard. So you can go there and, and get the, the real deal there.
1: Is that a thing that Americans do a lot when they find out that you're from Ireland or they just, they ask about the drinking? Is that the first thing? Is that what they always ask about?
0: A kind of, yeah. But it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you might think of it as like a stereotype, but to me it's like it, it's accurate. Like it is a huge part of what we do. And, and I, I don't think we were like ashamed of it. Um, I, when I went over for WrestleMania weekend there a couple of years ago uh, in Texas, a guy at the bar did overhear me ordering. And he wanted to talk to me about Ireland and drinking. And he bought me a drink. And I was like, hey, yeah, go nuts, buddy, if you want. That's, that's <laughs> fine by me um yeah it it comes up a lot but uh but i i don't mind i think i think most of us uh uh, know and appreciate that it is a part of who we are so so we don't mind talking about
1: it last thing then we'll get into some some pro wrestling i remember Mm. that you're a chicken wing and pizza connoisseur um yes enjoy those two things very much so i'm curious what your favorite iteration of both is
0: (sighs) Oh, well, see, for Pete, now, I think I'm I'm fairly boring when it comes to both. Uh, uh, You know, I'm not going to be a a controversial kind of pizza topping uh, maniac. Um, You know, I like I like meat pizza, you know, pepperoni, bacon, stuff like that. Uh, One thing I do really, really like lately, and I notice a lot of people over here are kind of some people love it. Some people are resistant to it. But a um, a, a, I'm not sure how, how prevalent these are but like a donor kebabs over there. Are you guys at least familiar with what those are?
1: I have no idea what that is.
0: Okay, so it's it's basically a it, like a, if you've ever seen in, in any like movies, TV shows, like a uh, like a, a takeaway place on this side of the world that has like a rotating a rotating spit of meat. Uh, okay. Basically, it's it's a big, a big rack of lamb that that every like um, uh, pizza or burger place will have, and it's lamb meat. And what they do is it's like oh. a a wrap. They, they just shear the meat off and they put it in a wrap with salad and sauce. Um, it's kind of like a gyro almost, it's kind of like okay. that. But uh, what some places do is they take the meat, which again is just kind of a very thin. Kind kind of slice of lamb and they put that on the pizza and that is good stuff i mean it's kind of the it's the it's the quintessential kind of gross greasy like crappy food but it it tastes really good especially uh, again if you're if you just want something that's bad for you um that's uh, that's my go-to and as for wings i mean like, like i said i'm i'm a i am i am kind of a plain jade i like a buffalo wing um that's it if ever uh if ever anyone is in the no Limerick spice, area though
1: just straight up buffalo wings
0: just buffalo just buffalo yeah uh well like i'll i'll, I'll try anything but that's my that's my go-to uh, if ever anyone comes to to limerick we do have a a dedicated wings place that literally just say, sells wings which is kind of a novelty over here that's not actually very common uh, it's called volcano and they're super tasty and uh yeah they actually just started opening up for deliveries again so so that's a sign that the world is healing as far as i'm concerned so uh, uh i can get me, me some buffalo wings
1: there you go. There you go. And it's a natural lead in to my, my next question about whether or not um uh the pro wrestling community that uh got up in arms this week, I don't know if you knew this or not, Barry, but um they have a propensity to get mad at each other on Twitter.com uh about things Oh, hey. Wow. Yeah. This is this is news to you, I know. But uh they <laughs> were they were upset at uh what Kenny Omega did in his match against an enhancement talent. I'm a big Kenny Omega guy. Um, I, I imagine most pro wrestling fans are, but he took a lot of offense to V triggers in this match to win. Like, there's, uh, it went long. It probably went too long. People were very upset, mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer got involved. Other people got involved. It was, um, it was interesting to lurk through those uh, comments because uh, getting involved sounds awful and a terrible waste of your time. But it's always interesting for me to read through. What did you make of the the controversy, quote unquote, of what happened during that Kenny Omega match?
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest and say that I I did think um, it was uh, too much, and it's funny because, like you said there, you had a, when you were introing uh, about um, uh, this story, you were like, oh, you know, the 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 Twitter uh, hubbub about it and all sort of stuff, and 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 it's kind of one of those things where I had a take on it. And then at a certain point, I was just like, OK, I, it was a six minute match. And I, I I, think we all have our our opinions. But when people were still arguing about it two days later, I was like, all right, let's 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 move on. I, I, you know, I don't think it's I think it's one of those things that it kind of embodies life on on wrestling Twitter in the sense that um, sometimes the inability of all people to just uh they, they everyone has to have the last word and so arguments then go on probably way longer than they than they should but uh, i digress look I, I will say about the match I, I i thought it was too much and i i really don't mind a um a supposed enhancement match like that going a little bit longer i think the guy has to get something in the match just to make it remotely interesting um and i think you know Kenny's, uh, kenny's a, a star but he's not like you know he's not like a huge physical uh, uh, imposing force like a lance archer. So I don't mind the guy getting a little something. For me, it was it was just it was a little too much. Um, uh, you know, I like the idea that Kenny won with the V trigger. I think AEW does a great job of establishing the secondary finishes. Um, I think that's a really underrated thing that they've been doing lately. I think it's awesome. But at the same time, I I feel like if he was gonna win with it, he should have won with it first rather than having the guy kick out. But again, you know it's one of those things i think it just sums up how polarizing kenny omega is and how everyone he can't do anything without everyone weighing in you know what i mean and i think that's that that kind of embodies what's so great about him and why he is one of the best in the world is that nobody is passive on kenny omega which i love even as someone who wasn't a fan of the match i thought it was a fascinating insight into into his uh his uh star factor
1: it's just like (laughs) <laughs> i, I the, the conversation where it was like this is something you don't want to expose new fans to and my mm. thought was they're not going to remember like it's not like he lost what people are going to remember like when you watch him coming out, um what was the last pay-per-view revolution where he came revolution man and yeah. just the like everybody's cameras are up and how over he is and just like can you make us fine? He's winning a lot. He's being positioned to challenge Moxley. Like I think that's where we're mm. headed. Um, he's a to like he's way up in the rankings. He's not losing. He's I if the worst thing Kenny Omega is doing on uh AEW right now is giving enhancement talent a little too much um offense, I think things are fine. Like the idea that this stuff matters, and that's like one of the things that I think sports fans in general have to be really careful of falling to this trap of like the recency bias, where we think that this thing that's happening right now is going to change course of everything that's happening from here on out. And I don't think that's often the case. I don't think uh, little things like that matter. It matters more what happens long-term. Like, no, it, it never mattered that Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan in a few seconds at WrestleMania. Like Daniel Bryan still became the biggest star in the company. Like, just let things breathe is my whole thing is just let things breathe like we can disagree with the decisions and we can disagree with um whether or not it was the right thing but like it's gonna be fine Kenny Omega's not hurt by this it's okay there was no one at home who watched that and go wow can't take that guy serious anymore I'm not watching AEW ever again like I don't think that person exists no. And like you said, I mean, the,
0: uh, at the start there and how there's this this kind of argument that, oh, you know, um, uh, what will casual fans think Because like, I, I don't think casual fans were watching AEW to begin with. Sure. And if they were, it doesn't statistically or it really doesn't seem like they're watching during this whole situation. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you can sum up the argument by, by saying who's going to remember. I think that is I think that is ultimately the, the fairest way to or look blah.
1: at it. Or Vance Archer. Who do you who do you like more? Because I can't believe like I'm not a big squash guy and I enjoy watching both of them beat up other people. Um I, I can't decide. I can't believe I like Wardlaw. Like he was one of those where I was like, eh, I feel like there's no way this guy's good. I, I there's no way. He's gonna be green. And I enjoy them both. Who do you enjoy more?
0: Yeah, like I remember when they aired that very first vignette for Wardlaw. I was like, eh, this guy kind of he kind of looks like a guy from a different era. He kind of looks it's like someone. Yeah, like a like a mid to late two thousands guy that WWE would bring up from like he'd spend like a month in developmental and then Vince would see him and bring him up and it'd be too soon and then he'd disappear. Uh, now apparently when he when he because so when he debuted and he had that cage match with Cody, like, this person. guy. That match that match kicked ass. I was like, I was like, I was like, this guy is really good. And I never heard of him. And I asked around. A few people were like, Yeah, he's he's for whatever reason, he never blew up on the indies. But people who'd seen him previous to that match were like, No, he's good. He's he's a really good prospect. And and um, and yeah, so I've been really pleasantly surprised. I thought in that match, which was like a Real match. I thought it was good, but yeah, his squashes have been really, really entertaining. Um, but to me, I mean, uh, he has a lot of ground to make up on Archer, who is who is just awesome. Um, I I was really enjoying Archer in in New Japan. I I, I thought his G one run last year was awesome. But I, I think you kind of had to look at the forest for the trees and say, for whatever reason, I just did not get the vibe that New Japan was going to really, really, really push him. Uh, and so I think this was a, a super smart decision. And uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's the guy to beat in terms of squash matches right now. I mean, that Marco stunt match was was awesome. But then he threw him into the crowd. I mean, that was so great. Um, yeah, high, high, high hopes for for both those guys. But Lance Archer in particular, I'm uh, I'm very high on him. Uh, to say it the
1: least. Who do you think should win the TNT tournament? Ooh, I, my gut when they announced
0: that was uh, was Cody because I was thinking if they want this to be a uh, to be a almost world title level belt, the equivalent of say the intercontinental belt when or or the US heavyweight title way way back when they should put it on Cody because he's a world title level guy who can't go for the world title. It just makes sense. But but now that they've, I, I it feels to me like the, the final is going to be Cody and, and Archer. I think that just makes the most sense because they've they built that match up. I I, I kind of feel like Archer shouldn't be losing this early. So uh, I I would really enjoy seeing Archer win it and then. I, I, I'm I really simplistic when it comes to titles I like to see them won and then I like to see them dependent for long long periods of time so I wouldn't hate if Cody won but I would really really like to see Archer win and just be unstoppable with that belt maybe for like it doesn't have to be a full year but for like almost a year until such a time as maybe you build Cody back up to a rematch I think that would be awesome um, so I, I I would say I would say Archer should, uh, would, would be the wise pick there.
1: Interesting. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two options. Uh, my first thought when this started um, was Pack. I feel like if there was someone who could really use momentum right now, um, mm. I think the Death Triangle stuff is cool. Um, I I just... His whole character is, I don't care, I'm just going to be awesome. and I think... Yeah. If you want to create your own ROH pure title type deal, um, this is mm. the kind of guy you started off with, where he's just going to wrestle on TNT every week, and he's just going to be a workhorse. Like I think that would be a good way to like reinsert Pac's wrestling dominance. In that, I I think he has the most to win with that where he he's obviously not going to be in the world title feud or any of those kind of things for the foreseeable future. But if you gave him something like this to do where he just has kick-ass matches with everybody every week, I think that would serve him really well and give him something to do that would fit his character. I would have gone the pack route.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great choice. I mean, he's, he's so awesome. I mean, it's like, I think, I, it's weird, because I feel like everyone knows he's great, but mm-hmm. he still feels underrated. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like he's still kind of slept on. But totally, I mean, I... I... I assume he would have at least been involved if we were in normal circumstances and AEW had their full roster because um, uh, obviously he's, he's not involved at, at the moment, yeah. but uh, he would be great. And, and again, you know, uh, they've got they've got a, a, a confirmed three years of, of dynamite left, which is always great. So I, I, I totally see him uh, getting it down the line and yeah. Be the guy, absolutely opener every single week. Give him twenty minutes, he'll defend against everyone. It doesn't matter if it's a an outsider or a mid-carter or even an enhancement guy, give him twenty minutes, he'll have a great match. He's so, so smart. He's he's the perfect combination of smart and athletic. Uh that I yeah, I I think that'd be a great, great pick.
1: Um something I wrote down in my notes, uh watching wrestling this week that I wanted to get your take on is uh Damien Priest has my favorite voice. In professional wrestling his uh vignette or he was doing with he made a lot of sense with keith lee and going back through who he's defended against and I actually enjoy that feud but um damian priest has the best voice in pro wrestling and he should be protected at all costs am i am i crazy for that take have you listened to him talk yes, yeah. i've watched
0: I've watched NXt this week, but i've i've yeah, I've heard him talk. he He's cool. He, he, like there's there's certain things about his act that you kind of think that should really work as well as it does. Like I think his name's kind of goofy, and his it's nickname's kind of goofy. Yeah. and. It, it but it, he kind of has a coolness about yeah. him i think is the fairest way to say it and yeah he absolutely pulls it off and i think he's kind of um i think he's kind of a dark horse like project in nxt to really be a big deal in a couple of years because obviously i don't think he has the um, uh, the kind of indie fan cachet of like keith lee or or or, or dijack but he's he's really good and yeah, like you said, little things like you know his voice, the way he carries himself, he pulls it off and he 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 certainly stands out from a crowd. Not to use like the really really cliche thing, but the tall guy. But he does stand out. He does he does um, kind of jump off the screen a little bit. So yeah, I I think he's I think he's definitely uh, uh, he's got a cool fact that, that a lot of other people don't at the moment. He he um
1: he reminds me of. Did you ever watch The Wire? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you remember a certain character with an amazing voice in the wire? Slim Charles. That's who it reminds me of. Where Slim Charles had my favorite voice I've ever heard in my life. He's still my favorite voice in the world. The coolest voice. That is Damien Priest's voice. I I wrote that down. I was like, he's like the Slim Charles of Tibeto.
0: I was thinking like is he going to say brother mizone or something like no, that? No, no, no. That I... I was like, too many comparisons to Tim Charles in recent memory. So uh that's that's a that's a good comparison.
1: There we go. Um Jake Atlas so you told me you didn't watch NXT this week but I don't know what you know about Jake Atlas but he has the coolest finisher in pro wrestling. So that's cool. That is uh that is my take. Have you seen his finisher yet?
0: Yeah, I'd seen Jake Atlas a little bit here and there before before he signed. So is he doing the the cartwheel GDT yes, thing? Yes, he is. Man, that is that is an insanely is cool move, and it's 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 really impressive too. In like in like April 2020 to be able to do something that's actually like kind of unseen and okay. a little bit new because there's, there's like, we especially now where we have access to just everything, every service, every country, every promotion, every guy and girl, like, and so as a result and, you know, if you follow the right people on, on Twitter who make gifts and stuff, you can see little snippets of every corner of the globe, but like he, he does some stuff that's really, really impressive and that's one of them. I think, yeah, I think that is probably the coolest finishing move uh, going right now. Uh, he's he's got tons of potential i i, I was kind of surprised when he signed when he did cuz he's so young but um I, that's that's wwe's way of doing things at the moment i guess they sign people up super fast but um yeah i i'm interested to see kind of um how long he spends in NXT specifically um because he's he like at a glance, he looks really great and he does a lot of cool stuff, but I'd love to see him kind of develop a bit more over time because um, uh, he's someone that I think when he gets on the main roster, he has huge, huge potential.
1: Who, When you look at the free agent pool right now, who interests you the most as a pro wrestling fan? Who, who do you want to see go to certain places? And it's interesting to see who clearly hasn't watched Impact in months to determine like whether or not certain people should go there. Where I'm like, I, I don't think you understand what Impact is now. They're like the EC3 days of Impact are not there anymore. So when people pitch him or Drake Maverick to Impact, I'm like, they opened a show with James Mitchell and Havoc time traveling a few weeks ago. There's murder on this program every week. There, it's a very different different thing it's it's not what you it's not the tna impact that you remember i promise you it doesn't make any sense for them to go there um AEW makes a lot more sense um maybe even roh makes more sense but like that doesn't make any sense um who for you makes sense and where would you like to see them
0: yeah impact a, a, a weird spot at the moment i mean it's I, I know it was kind of a running joke for the longest time that they you know they weren't really competition for wwe blah 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 but now i really feel i i feel like i i still enjoy impact i don't watch it week to week but I, i'll check in every now and then i think it's doing some fun stuff but to me if someone goes there that's kind of disappearing off the radar a little bit um so no no and he like he's and i haven't even seen any chris Bay. i'd heard his name a lot and then he went to impact i was like okay well like i guess i'm not gonna be seeing that guy anytime soon maybe if i you? yeah yeah right and that was and that was an interesting one um because of her whole you know situation she was kind of gone and then she came back and but anyway um like i watch a lot of mlw and it's weird because really? like Oh, yeah, I really dig MLW. I think it's uh, uh, super. But the funny thing is, I wouldn't really say, oh, I think people should go there because history has kind of shown that, like, people who are, quote, unquote, signed to MLW, it doesn't seem like it takes a whole lot for them to just go elsewhere. So in a way, I kind of consider a lot of people on that show to be free agents. Um, uh, And there's, like, some people there, like, I think Mance Warner is just so, so entertaining. He's so charismatic. That uh, he's a guy who has a lot of upside, but I don't know necessarily if any of the big companies would would get it per se. I feel like NXT would be a, a would be a, a not not a good mix for him. Uh, AEW, while I feel like they get people's characters a bit better than WWE, I still feel like he wouldn't be great there necessarily. So in a weird way, I feel like Impact would be a good move but then again as to say I, that feels almost lateral He he's already in MLW so to go to impact is kind of staying on the same tier but he's just as someone I just enjoy watching I think he's really awesome Um who else is there again someone who I'm kind of surprised I only see in MLW is Jacob Fatu who's obviously a member of the, the Fatu wrestling family mm-hmm. that guy is absolutely awesome I mean he's it's kind of a lazy comparison but he reminds me so much of like Umaga at his peak but he's even more athletic than um i mean this guy is like a freak he really is um just he's he's huge he's intimidating but he has the, this incredible agility and he strikes me as someone that if nxt picked him up they could just print cash with this guy because he could i can picture in my head him doing the 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 all-action takeover main event style uh with an adam cole or 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 like a kyle o'reilly or guys like that um so he's really really entertaining um And then I think uh, I'm kind of lucky in the sense that I feel like the Irish wrestling scene, uh, which obviously is on kind of like you know hiatus at the moment, but I think we have a lot of really promising young wrestlers. I mean, if you go to some of the kind of trainee focused shows, there's people in their mid to late teens who are just showing so much promise. um, uh, You know, uh, more than a hype when you compete there. Uh, It's it's really not regulated here. There's really not um uh, uh uh rules and regulations so in in a lot of places it's kind of something you sign up for as as a teenager like if you look at a lot of the the the, the guys in in nxt like pete dunn tyler bates stuff like that i mean those two guys i mean they're english but they they've been they their trainings is they're like 12 13 or something like that um i went to uh, i go to uh, wxw in germany uh, a couple times a year for uh their big their big weekends and um the first time I went in 2018, uh they they did this um a fan expo on Sunday morning. And it was just kind of a thing you go in, you talk to the wrestlers, you buy some merch, and there's like presentations going on in the ring. And one of the presentations was the academy who trains all their wrestlers. They came out with a class of like 10-year-olds. And I was like I asked a buddy of mine who worked there. I was like, "Wow, 10-year-olds?" He was like, "Yeah, he's he's like in in, you know, in in here in in germany and specifically the town where the the academy is based it's it's kind of like taking your kids to to a judo class or or a taekwondo thing it's like they go after school once a week and they they do roll It was kind of cute and it was like then the 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 teachers were like all right we're going to do some drills and they were doing drop downs and and lockups and all this other stuff they weren't having like actual matches but it's like yeah it's kind of like an after school activity in certain parts of europe um but yeah here in here in ireland it's like like I said, it's not regulated, so I, I think most schools won't take you if you're younger than like 15, generally speaking. But um, yeah, I've seen I've seen like 15 year olds, 16 year olds with tons of potential, um, and there's a pretty uh, there's a pretty solid path to notoriety here because um, OTT, which is obviously the big Irish promotion that's got a lot of buzz, they have shows called Contenders where you'll see like imports, like big stars from the US the UK Europe sometimes even Japan mix it up with trainees, and it's a great opportunity for potential and if you can become a regular on those shows you can get onto the main OTT shows and that's a that's a worldwide platform at this stage so um You know, I think there's a couple of names people could keep an eye out for, like uh, More Than Hype, who are a six-man or a a three-man team who've had some crazy six-man tags with, like, Pentagon Jr. and stuff like that recently. Um, Justin Daniels is a guy who's just – I think he's just 16, and he's he's already making waves, which is just really depressing when you're old like me, but – I feel like the I feel like the well is pretty deep here in Ireland in terms of prospects. So if I that's why I do recommend o t t p to people, not just as my local promotion that I enjoy watching, but also if you like seeing prospects grow from like their earliest days and, and, and progressing uh as they kind of work their way up the ladder, it's it's a great promotion to 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 follow.
1: What is Jordan Devlin's upside? Oh, it's really hard to say because
0: I think he's like got uh, like tons and tons of upside. I think he's I think he's quite underrated as a speaker. Now I think that's partially because he's recently gotten better and it wasn't always his strong suit. I think it's what the the X factor with him for me is just the fact that he seems really married to this to to the WWE system and he wants to be there. And he's I don't. To Shawn Michaels. Yeah, like he seems like he's like he seems like he's he's very into. It it just seems like they they really like him and they want to hold on to him and I think he he's happy with that and he wants to stay there. So I'm like, you know, where do I see him going in WWE? I could see him being a fixture on. Main NXT, so like uh, I feel like he kind of uh, before the 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 pandemic, I feel like he kind of had graduated. He had just won the NXT Cruiserweight Belt, so I feel like they were kind of working him into the main US uh, NXT program. I could definitely see him uh, uh progressing up the ladder there, and uh, uh, and maybe even getting some main events out of it. I mean, I really do think that that people would be surprised if they um. Uh, if they kind of heard him talk more and if they if they saw him given the ball more I mean you watch his kind of high profile main events in OTT most of which are, are, are free on YouTube at this stage with, with Walter and Star and and a bunch of other people I mean it's like he, he can wrestle as a real deal main eventer he's got he's got every kind of aspect of it down um, and then you know if he becomes a fixture on NXT the question becomes what about main roster and that's kind of the point where I just kind of throw my hands up and say I have no idea how how can you predict anymore? you know, who's going to succeed and who's not on the main roster. I feel like I just don't have a read. This is kind of me. I don't really have a read on what WWE likes anymore. It's so hard to figure out because based on who they do and don't push. Um But I think he's tons of upside. I think, I think he could at the very least be a regular on, on main NXT. And he could be, he could be a guy having killer matches on a takeover st- straight away with, t- with, normal business resumes, I think he could be on those cards killing it and and uh, working his way onto people's rest of the year lists.
1: If you had to guess who has the better career long-term, is it David Starr or Devlin?
0: <sighs> oh,
1: oh my god.
0: Um, that is really tough um, because I do I do see you know, the as things are trending at the moment, it kind of seems like Star, you know, he seems like he's going to be this guy who's going to be independent for life and either by choice or because he kind of has to because he's kind of burned a lot of bridges, uh, which is, you know, not, not a bad thing necessarily. I think he's, he's stuck to his guns on a lot, but at the same time, he has a great rep as an actual wrestler and it's just, it kind of, oh, it's really it's hard to judge because… There really yeah for for real i mean like like i could actually totally see him being like a, a, an austin aries figure where you know aries he he pops up in impact every now and then or he he actually just i'm i'm again i'm a few months behind on my on my catch-up but um uh he just popped up in mlw last year uh uh you know um and star you know it's kind it's like it's difficult how do you rank that whereas like devlin's prospects you kind of you can kind of judge like okay he made it to nxt that's great oh he won this title okay that's one career benchmark here's another one here's another one oh he made it onto smackdown that's cool whereas it's kind of like apples and oranges star is going to have star is going to have to kind of basically keep doing what he's doing now which is i'm going to be the journeyman wrestler and and i'm going to travel all over europe and america uh being the great match guy um and and that's that's um that's a completely different path to Jordan. What I'm what I'm curious about is um, will Star ever make a jump to Japan? Because that's something he hasn't done yet, and there's been rumors. I feel like for the last two straight Best of the Super Junior years, that he often that didn't come to pass. Um and uh, yeah, so I, my gut kind of says Devlin, just because Devlin's going the more traditional. He's going the more traditional route, you know what I mean, to have a successful career. Um, but I I think they are both going to have incredibly fascinating careers. And um, what both of them will be doing in five years is going to be very interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I um, I don't know. I like Devin a lot. I, I wonder, too, where he's. he's still only 30. But being in that incubator right now, being like you, like he's just too ingrained in the WWE culture now where he's going to be a project for them where yeah when Balor came in, he he had a lot more gravitas. So like you could see maybe he does do the Becky Lynch thing where he just like the NXT stuff blows up and then he gets his moment and by the time he's 34, 35, he's seasoned and he gets a real shot. And we don't know what the professional wrestling landscape looks like. We don't know if Vince is still running things in five years. We don't know how all that works because if uh, SmackDown or Raw is given full creative control to Triple H and he signs off on everything three years from now, like Devlin's future prospects are completely different. Like if he has Shawn Michaels in his corner three years from now um, and he's 33 and he's had a lot more time to work in this capacity. Like you could see his ceiling changing. And I think that's, what's interesting with certain guys like that, where we just, we don't know what the professional ran- landscape's going to look like, um, a few years down the line, but someone who could really help is somebody like Devlin, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. Yeah, it's because he I think it's kind of obvious he does have, you know, um, uh, support in that company, which is which is great to see. Um, Like when you look at the list of people who've jumped from the UK brand to main NXT, it's a pretty small list. It's kind of just done kind of bait sometimes, but not really like he's not there full time. I I can't
1: tell if they like him or not.
0: Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's weird. Like him, like he's, he is, I mean, I love Devlin, but Bait is, Bate is the prodigy. He is the guy who, you know, from his again, kind of like I was talking about with the young Irish guys. He was a he was a wrestler that when he was 17 years old, you heard from kind of the the British indie fans who kind of have their ear to the ground. They're like, this guy, this guy is going to be the guy. And yeah, sometimes it seems like WWE realizes that, and then other times it doesn't. But um, but yeah. So when you look at it, when you look at the when you look at it in that sense, it's like you know Pete Dunne is now full time, and then everyone else is kind of sometimes. But the the number two guy who's on maybe this happened was was devlin so so you kind of think to yourself like i'm very cynical about wwe and i'm like oh they're not gonna get it they're not gonna get it but yeah you you you, like you said if if things keep changing and 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 let's say you know, let's say Vince is still around, but maybe he he kind of defers on SmackDown. Let's say SmackDown becomes right. the Triple H baby. I could absolutely see Devlin being on there and being a a real player. Um, we we are, we have the most fascinating five years ahead of us. I think uh, in wrestling as as that company continues to change shape.
1: I mean, something we have to monitor because this came out this week. That I mean, it's no secret. I don't think that NXT UK is not making money and with everything going on like there's a chance that it just folds and then can you just imagine like bait going as a free agent walter free agent like just the amount of talent they've been hoarding anyway that nxt uk i mean it affects your favorite promotion ott like we'll we'll see what all that means but i do wonder what happens if they fold and they lose all those guys and where they all go
0: absolutely i mean it's yeah it's like when, when people talk about uh um... Uh, like WWE hoarding talent. I mean, that, that brand, that is that encapsulated. That's the embodiment of it. I mean, it's, it's not too much of a, of a leap to say that that thing, in fact, I I would consider it a fact that it was born because there was the hypothetical creation of a world of sport revival in England. They were going to bring it back on a national broadcaster, like an absolutely huge uh, uh, station. Uh, was going to do that. Now that ended up being a flop, but but shortly after that died, AEW came into existence. And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to keep our UK brand going so that if, if AEW wants a British star, they have to settle for Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, you know? Um uh, Whereas, yeah, like you said, if, if I mean, that would, that would be the obvious jump. I mean, if I'm AEW and NXT UK goes, goes belly up and let's just say they say, okay, we're keeping Devlin, we're keeping Pete Dunne, but we're releasing the rest of you into the wild. We'll keep Kaylee Ray, and then we'll we'll release the rest of you into the wild. If I'm a AEW, like I want to grab Walter, I want to grab Tyler Bate. I mean, those two are locks. Um, but yeah, and then and then it, that would also be a shot in the arm for the for the UK and European Indies as well, because they are same. I mean, it's the US and the UK are the same in that they are struggling to to grab names and make people because everyone just gets hoovered up. So. I I for some reason I just feel in my gut that they will stick to this NXT UK thing forever because as, as much as you know, I'm sure it's losing money, but on the talent side, I feel like they would they would rather lose a little bit of money and keep those people out of other promotions than, than the inverse. Do you know what I mean? So uh I for, for whatever reason, no matter how much turmoil WWE goes through, no matter how many people they release. I just have a gut feeling that that company will remain a thing forever,
1: yeah, um i but it's just I don't know like how long this goes on, how much longer everybody bleeds money, how much longer this situation where they can't have fans goes, like it's just it's really hard to forecast what all they do. I mean, we know n x t Japan's dead, uh, they run after, which is good. um, I'm very much against expansion, and I like having diversity um across the board, and that includes my pro wrestling, so. Uh, the walmart of pro wrestling not expanding uh in japan it's a good thing for me i um, still like the product i just don't want you expanding and taking over their, a bunch of other promotions don't like it don't like the monopoly um what is your favorite product at the moment if you had to pick like which product show you enjoy watching the most right now what is it
0: um you know, like I mentioned it earlier, I think it's so underrated. I, I think MLW That's is just a blast show. to watch. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm, I'm being a little bit unfair here because I'm a little bit behind, right? So I'm still catching up on stuff from last year. Um, so that jumps out to me more because it still has crowds and stuff. Whereas I used to be re- – I was really digging AEW and then I just these empty shows aren't doing it for me. But also – all being fair, like I, I was really digging AEW last year, but also there's been plenty of segments on AEW, like like a, a decent quantity where I'm like, ah, that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know about this. Oh, the Nightmare Collective, that's as good. They still feel like they're figuring out who they are. I feel like it might be, uh, well, the the pandemic has thrown my my concept of time completely off, but like I feel like it might be year two of Dynamite before AEW really says. This is our identity. This is what we're sticking to. I feel like they're they, now. I generally am still very positive on them. I think they've produced great matches. I think I think their vision for 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 AEW is mostly good, but I think it just needs to be refined. But but when I watch MLW, and I feel like like I said, I think it's super underrated. I feel like people just just you know w- won't buy this. But when I watch it, they know what they want their company to be, and it's like this weird like splitting the difference of like super indies. So you've got a very eclectic, weird mix of talent, variety of styles, and, like, attitude-era angles, which might set off some alarm bells in people's head, but it's, like, slightly less stupid, a little bit more quality control. Like, it's not... It's not going for total shock value, but it's very much going for a little bit of cheese, a little something, you know, a little bit outrageous. Uh, they've got very loud characters. You know, they've got like, like I mentioned, Mance Warner earlier. They got Mance Warner, L.A. Park. Jimmy Havoc was is in there on and off. They've got these people who are just anything but boring. And I just feel like the the YouTube show, their TV show is also on YouTube, like a, a couple of days later. it's It's usually about an hour long. It's so easy to watch. There's always something crazy happening. It's never it's it's never dull. I will always say that it's like it's never ever boring. Um, and I just I just think it's an absolute blast to watch. And I think they have a they've done a great job of adapting. Uh, every couple of months when there's a new wave of signings and it's like oh shit we lost this person oh we lost that person oh we lost this person. They they've they've rolled with the times really well. Uh, and so I I enjoy them a whole lot um you know and and other than that i mean obviously i love ott there my local promotion um uh but if i was to like recommend one thing to people i mean the reason one reason i love mlw that stuff is on youtube you can watch every single week for free and uh it's 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 an easy follow and and i think it's very very underrated so i i would encourage more people
1: to watch that last thing and then we'll wrap up here who is the most underutilized talent that you've had your eye on for a while that you just think can be a really, really big name in professional wrestling that's just not been given the ball yet.
0: Oh, that is a really good question. Um. Oh, uh, so I said this when his when his name was in the news there recently. Um. I think that Rusev is perhaps the most the most dropped the ball WWE has ever done in about a decade. And I remember when, when I, when I said that, like people were like, Oh, you know, what about Cesaro, who's incredible, obviously a tremendous wrestler, but like you know, Cesaro, you know, he's gotten chances here or there. I don't think I love Cesaro. I think he's very charismatic in a unique way, but I don't really see him as like main event charismatic in, in that traditional sense. I got all these people saying Sasha Banks or whatever, like, come on, these people all have world titles. Let's 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 get over that. To me, when you really look at his career, Rusev the story of Rusev's career is making every single angle he's ever been in, no matter how how terrible it was on paper. He made it work. He made the evil foreigner stuff work, despite how played out it is. He's done comedy super well. He's been a heel. He's been a baby face. He's someone who had a very very limited career in wrestling before WWE. Like he, I'm not saying they they didn't train him from scratch, but they kind of almost did in a way. Like they really, the majority of his professional career has been in in WWE. And man, he just seems athletically he's a natural Uh, charisma personality wise he's a natural he can be serious he can be funny he can be he's so versatile and he's a guy that because he spent most of his professional career in wwe he strikes me as the type of guy that if he doesn't go to another major promotion like impact or AEW, I, i can see him fading away and maybe doing other stuff I don't know if you feel the same way, but he because he's the only known WWE. I feel like he he'll need to go somewhere similar next, and I hope one of those places makes the call because that's a natural talent who needs to who needs to be given the ball in a serious way.
1: I agree. I could totally see him just not coming back, where he just can't because most of his life, like you said, was not revolving around pro wrestling. Like, what if he's just soured on it altogether? Where he's just like, yeah, you know, I like the Aaron Rex thing. Where I think he wanted to do different stuff, but he went back to wrestling when it worked, and he tried acting. And I don't know. I could see Rusev zigging a certain way, and um, if I was Rusev, I would have a bad taste in my mouth about how everything ended too. Um, I wrote about this for months leading up to WrestleMania this year. Was that the company clearly was getting around Drew McIntyre? But I didn't understand because Rusev was just showing you this could be your top baby face on Raw, like in that ridiculous angle with lashley and everything else like he was funny he's someone he was able to be a real person and this is so critical for foreign athletes when they come into this company is like when they get the opportunity to just not be hey i i love irish i love to drink i love i'm a whatever like when you can avoid that caricature and you're actually allowed to just be a john cena type that's huge like when you are able to evolve and allowed to just be a normal guy. That's when we can really see what your upside is. And I agree that I think his natural upside was like Rusev is just a funny, cool guy. Like he's just someone that is naturally likable. He's funny. He got Rusev day over when he should not have been able to get that over. He is Mm -hmm. someone that fans would cheer for, people would have enjoyed. And also he can back it up in the ring. Like I think Rusev should have been the Royal Rumble winner. And that's what I wrote is like they they made the wrong choice. Like Drew McIntyre's fine, but he's never gonna be as interesting long-term as rusev was i I think rusev was just the better move there and you were building your raw program around him anyway it would have felt more organic if he had won i think it would have not felt like it came out of left field because raw was rusev for months and you're like okay they're creating their next top guy makes sense and then they just they didn't do it and i i think they really really dropped the ball with rusev and i i hope he lands on his feet in AEW. I, I could also just see him never wrestling again. I, I could see both of those things. I agree.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, AW are not perfect. I really don't think they are. No. But I, I, I give them a lot of credit for a lot of things. And one of them would be, I feel like they would have their finger on the pulse enough to know that Rusev is at least worth a call. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe because I said like, you know i think he'll either go to a major league place or he'll leave maybe he just wants to leave as well like i don't know it's it's gonna be one of those things where where we should also you know, New
1: japan i think he'd actually be a really good fit in new japan for a while
0: right absolutely i think i think japan in general will be absolutely awesome for him in terms of he would do well there i think he would also grow there uh which which is great but again you know this isn't a you know nerd tape trading uh pro-wrestling fan growing up. This is a guy who who wrestled a couple of indies very briefly and then was in the WWE machine. And plus he kind of like he embodied the American dream in a very cliche way. Like he signed with the big massive company who sponsored his visa for so long that he then just last year became a citizen. Like like you know he for all his frustrations there, I feel like he was very tied very closely to that company. Um so uh uh yeah it's it's gonna be fascinating i really can't wait to see what he does next
1: all right barry uh you gotta run but this has been a blast i appreciate uh you making the time sir is there anything you would like to plug before we get out of here
0: uh, yeah you know i got a, a couple of, of projects and uh, bits and pieces you can follow me on twitter at the barryland that's where I'll, I'll, I'll always share whatever it is i'm working on uh, at any given time thebarryland.com i don't update that very often but it's where i just blog various reviews or lists or whatever's on my mind at the given time uh i'm jumping off in just a second to record another episode of chair Shop podcast which is a kind of at this stage a tangential kind of wrestling show we talk wrestling movies games just me and my pals talking about whatever and uh, you can also hear me on journey through gorilla island which you can find on twitter at gorilla island and that's me and uh, some other friends of mine going from the very very beginning through the history of pwg which has been a blast Um, so that's that's kind of in its infancy but we've we've done uh, about 12 or 13 shows at this stage and I really enjoyed that. But you
1: can follow me at the Barry line for more info and all that. All right, go do that, Barry. Keep up the great work, sir, and stay safe. And you know we'll have to talk uh, pro wrestling again soon. Let's not make it every five years. We talk.
0: Absolutely not. No, we'll have to do this again much, much sooner. I had a great time. And uh, sorry, I have to dash because we could, we could. I'm sure there's probably a, a whole lot of other topics we could, we could chat about. But uh, uh, we'll absolutely do this again in the near future.
1: All right, Barry. Thank you. T- take care. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, if you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, it helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, you can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash chase Thomas writer um, for as little as $5 a month. It helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at double underscore Thomas. You could go to chase com, which has all of my stuff, all my episodes ever, um, links to everything that you need um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. Um, so go read me on that front. So if you're not tired of listening to me, you can also read me. Um, So that's awesome. But uh, I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.